Ha 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 it's funny how that like actually started to make me laugh for real. <laughs> I think it was the hee hee hoo hoo that did it for me because I was like, wait, who says hoo hoo? <laughs> You've said hoo hoo before. You have texted me hee hee hoo hoo. I told Tristan but, about like, it because it was that astonishing to me. <laughs> it's not a laugh. Like, what is this girl on? <laughs> I feel like old men <laughs> laugh like that. <laughs> like old men are like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that's more of like a ho ho ho. That's a little more Santa than like hoo hoo. Well, tis the season, you know? We're almost there. So true. When I worked at a comedy club, I guess I saw comedy so much that I'd like stop laughing at some point. Like it didn't trigger a laugh with me. I would know a joke was good and I'd be like, oh yeah, that was really funny, but I wouldn't laugh. So sometimes I'd have to like kind of make myself laugh so I didn't seem rude because I knew it was funny. And it probably sounded like that. I was probably in the back row, like, hoo hoo hoo. <laughs> you're like, tee hee. What? Like, uh-huh. like, audibly say tee hee. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, we are talking about comedy today. Do you keep up with any stand up comedians? And like, have you been to a comedy show? I've never actually been to one, but I watch them all the time like I follow a bunch of comedians on social media I watch people on YouTube and I watch basically any like stand-up that I see on like Netflix or whatever I'll I'll take a gander I'll <laughs> take a gander I'll t- give it a hoo-hoo <laughs> give it a little <laughs> tee-hee hoo-hoo if you will who are some of your favorite comedians uh okay there's so many and it, every interview I've had I get asked that now because I work in comedy and it's such a hard question to answer because with you, it's like low pressure. But when I'm talking to like a hiring manager, I have to think like, who do they want me to say, you know? Mm, mm -hmm. Um, But honestly, I think John Mulaney is probably like my favorite right now. I love John Mulaney. Yeah, I feel like that's a really basic answer because he's incredibly popular, but I got to see him at Red Rocks last year, which was honestly, like, right when we met. I don't know if you remember meeting me at that coffee shop by DU for Julian's project. Yeah. I think I remember you saying you were going to that, and I was like, no way, because I love him. Like... You told me that, like, you, I should take you to a show sometime. Yeah, that would be fun. And I was like, oh my god, is she hitting on me? I was, 100%. That was before <laughs> I realized I was straight, actually. So. <laughs> you, like, came out in reverse. Yeah, I, like. You out of straight last year. <laughs> I, like, went, like, into the closet, like, instead of coming out. <laughs> I don't know how much of, like, the John Mulaney controversy that you know about. That came out, like, a couple years ago? I, I know a decent amount about it. And, like, the thing is, like, I this is going to sound bad, but I feel like his controversy is nothing in comparison to other comedians. So I'm like, okay, like, he's not that bad. Like, do I agree with what he did? No. But, I mean, I also, like, 
if you would have asked me like a few years ago who my favorite comedian was, I'd probably say Krista Elia. And I still really like, like, I still like his stuff. And I guess it did come out that he, those accusations, like, weren't credible. But, like, there were a lot of them. So I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't know. There were a lot. And also, it came out, like, right after he was on you. I was just going to say that. he played, (laughs) he played himself, like, creeping on underage girls. And then for that controversy to come out, like, it's not funny. But it's like, pretty ironic. Like I, I remember hoo-hoo. watching. <laughs> I remember watching that season of you and being like, "Wow!" Like I was impressed by his acting skills because I feel like a lot of times, like when you see comedians enter, you know, like TV or film, they're they do only comedy, and like that was not a comedy show really. And I remember being yeah. impressed by it. Well, it's it's because he wasn't really acting. He was method acting. He was method acting, exactly. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like every comedian I've ever liked, I get, like, wildly disappointed by, like, in the future. Another favorite of mine. I imagine that Chris saw the casting call for you, and it was like, we're casting a character that's, like, this creepy middle-aged man that creeps on underage girls. And he was like, oh my god, I'm perfect. His agent probably sent it to him. Like, hey, dude, this is you. (laughs) She's like, this reminds me of you. (laughs) But no, it was, yeah, I was like, no wonder why he could play that character so well. Another favorite of mine, I really like Eliza Schlesinger. She's, she's really funny, but she, she does a lot of like millennial humor, I think. So like, she's a little, I don't know if I know them. I think she's getting a little bit past like her time. Sorry, I love her. I love her. But I think that the only reason why I like her as much as I do is because I have older siblings. Like, I think most Gen Z people wouldn't like her. Like, they'd listen to her stuff. And, like, one of her, like, her shows is called Elder Millennial. So, like, it just wouldn't. That's actually so funny. Yeah, I just looked her up. And, like, the first clip that comes up is Millennials walked on Instagram so Gen Z could run. And then the next clip is like 15 minutes of Eliza having a millennial woman something. So accurate. That's very millennial. Yeah. Like, I mean, she pretty much branded herself that way, which I think worked for her for a long time. But it's not sustainable because like as like Gen Z keeps getting older, like that audience is not gonna engage with her really. But I like her a lot. And my, my recent like favorite comedian is Matt Reif. I do like Matt Reif. Have you seen, like, his um, crowd work? Like, he mostly... I think he only posts crowd work because he doesn't want to post content from a show that, like, you're going to see on social media and then, like, go see the show and you've already, like, seen all the jokes. I know he just released um, a special on Netflix. But he... Yeah, he released it, like, I think only, like, a week ago. And I've I've seen a lot of his crowd work because there are, like, so many TikToks about it. Um but he's really good. I mean, I think that crowd work says a lot because I think basically anyone can be a comedian if you're confident enough. Like you go and you put together a show, you tell stories. But I think crowd work proves if you're funny. I just looked him up to remember the name of his special. And this New York Times article came up called Chiseled Cheekbones and Comic Chops. Oh, it's cutting me off. Why we don't like our stand-ups hunky. And it's about Matt Reif. 
okay. <laughs> like, I feel like they try so hard to like, anytime I hear another comedian talking about him or like a publication, it's about him being attractive. I feel like people are trying to discredit him. Like, because he's attractive, like, they can't, he can't be good or something. The, the byline for this is, can good looking guys be funny? See, exactly. People are trying. He is funny, though. He's really funny, but he didn't used to be attractive. Have you seen, like, old pictures of him? No, I haven't. Look up his old teeth. <laughs> That's what you need to see. <laughs> Did he get veneers? Yeah. And, like, before he, like, got his teeth done, like, he was, he looked like he was, like, ay, 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 you know? Like, he, <laughs> he looked kind of scary. I, he must have buried these pictures because I can't, I looked up old pictures and I can't find anything. It's, like, all new. Or the old ones, he has his mouth closed. Let me see if I can find something. But I do feel like there's this issue of, like, if somebody is, if a comedian is attractive, you found it? I found one. <laughs> Look at this. Wait, I'm sending it to you. Boom. Oh, my God. How does that make you feel? No way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, like, he needed to do that, though. But it's funny how much of a difference that can make, because I feel like... Yeah. I don't know, his face generally looks the same, but his teeth are just done now. But I feel like people try to put, like, attractive male comedians and women in this, like, very sexual box, where, like, they're really only talking about his appearance... And a lot of female comedians are expected to talk about sex. Yes. Or it's harder for them to make it. And then even when they do talk about sex, then they're like called sluts. Yeah, they're like villainized for doing so. I feel like Matt Reif, and I could say the same about like Pete Davidson. I feel like you know that they're good comedians because they started off looking like they bit people. <laughs> so like... Like, they developed the sense of humor before actually, like, getting hot. That's, like, I feel like that's kind of us, though. I feel like that's definitely us. Like, you've always been pretty, but, like, you felt like you weren't. And me, too. Like, I was an ugly child, you know? And I think that did a lot of good things you for me. You were not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for that. I think that, for me, it mostly had to do with, like, popularity. Because I think, like, that's why I didn't think I was, like, desirable. Because I, I wasn't. Like, I was never <laughs> asked out. So I just thought, like, okay, I must not be, like, all that. But I also think, like, I was actually just talking about this with John and some of his friends at a campfire we had. There's this girl that I went to school with who I just I have it out for her I've had it out for her since like the first grade she lied to me well okay I hold grudges first of all and second of all she had an opportunity to redeem herself and then she just made things worse I'll explain first grade she was like lying to me she said she had american girl dolls i loved american girl dolls i was like talking about them and she was like i have this one and that one and then she came to school like the next day and was like i actually don't have any like i lied to you and i was like what the hell like why would you lie that really didn't sit w well with me when i was like eight i had this girl ask me if my name was lila because i lie a lot and i was so offended i was like i can't believe you said that of course, that's not true. That was kind of a lie. <laughs> but <laughs> This girl, though, like, she just kept making things worse for herself. There was, like, a running club 
the way that you got into the running club was by racing another person. I won against her fair and square. It was it was a club started by like first graders. Like it wasn't like a school affiliated club. Oh, I was gonna say that's a really screwed up school club. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't with the school. And she started crying because she lost the race. And I'm pretty sure she has like asthma or something too. So she was like huffing and puffing, like, girl, you're just not a runner. Like, just like let it go. And she lost the race and then they felt bad because she was crying. So then they they let her in instead of me. No way. And then she started sticking out her tongue at me at recess, which is the meanest thing you can do to a first grader. And I snitched on her. And then she was like, I was just licking my lips. (laughs) So I hated her for like the rest of forever. And then in sixth grade, okay, I sat next to her and we started talking a little bit. And I was like, you know, I'm about to loosen up my grudge here. Sixth grade, I was like, I'm in middle school now. Maybe these kids that I've grown up with aren't that bad, and I've just hated them since the first grade. And I've always been a jokester. Like, among my friends, I've always been, like, the funny friend. So I start, you know, telling her little jokes, and she starts repeating them out loud to the entire class. She Amy Schumered you. She did. She And I remember being so mad about it because people started talking about her. And then she got this reputation that continued into high school that she was funny. And I was like, she started getting that (laughs) reputation because she stole my jokes. Like, I'm the funny one. And then because I was so quiet, nobody knew I was funny. I just wasn't, I don't know. I wasn't like popular or whatever. I never got recognized for that humor. But I hope to God that that girl and all those other people from that school one day listen to our podcast and are like, wow, Caitlin is hilarious. Like, should have asked her out in high school. I was about to say, I think we have this podcast just to spite her because of your first grade grudge. It's literally because of you. I'm Like, this girl, I'm not going to name her name because there's way too many people that will know <laughs> this girl, like, who I know in my life. This is all for you. She, If she listens to this, like, she'll know. She'll know I'm talking about her, too. I will say, when it comes to the lying thing, one of my friends in high school, um, she would go to, like, parties and just lie as much as possible and I would like (laughs) I'd back her up when she was lying to people because it it was this mentality she had of like I'm never gonna see these people again let's see how far I can get lying let's see how much they believe and it's honestly so much fun like as long as you're not lying about anything crazy like the people you're lying to are gonna feel like jerks if they don't believe you because you could be telling the truth that's a fun game so they go along with it until there's literally no way you're telling the truth. I think there's like ethics when it comes to what you can lie about and what you can't because my friend in high school, she told our coach that her brother got in a car accident and she couldn't come to practice. (laughs) I feel like that's just asking for like karma. Like I wouldn't lie about something like that because that's like bad juju. Like you don't want to put something like that out into the air, but... I, I tell, like, little lies for the sake of a joke on a consistent basis, but I always out myself. Like, I'll always be like, oh, I'm just kidding. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, I like to I like to say, like, just wild things for reactions. Like, I love reaction humor. So I like to, like, make up things. Like, I'll give you two examples. So one of the things I did was, like, there's this guy that I work with, and I know he has a little crush on me. I used to catch him, like, staring at me and stuff at work when he first started. And I'm like, oh, God, 
not another one, <laughs> but I can't hear too well. Like I, I am often just like, what? Like when someone says something to me and I was trying to tell him something and he kept saying something back to me and I just said, what? Like a couple times. I didn't know what he was saying. And then he was like, oh, you dumb, dumb. And then I was like, no, I'm just partially deaf. <laughs> and then he felt like so bad and started like apologizing like crazy. And I was like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not. But like I, I could be like, I don't I don't even really I think I might need to get that checked out, actually. But that's one example. Another example is um, I've mentioned this on this podcast before, but one of my bosses for this project that I'm a part of is my boyfriend's mom and we had a social like last week at this like fancy restaurant so my boyfriend knew I was like going to that and his mom like sat by me which was like the like the whole table is like basically open and she like just like sit by me but anyways um she sat by me and then I went over to his house like afterwards and was just hanging out with him and he was just like asking me how it was and I was like oh it was really good like I talked to your mom a lot and he was like what'd you talk about and I was like oh we talked about you and he was like oh like really and I was like yeah which we did but we didn't talk like a ton about him so then I was like yeah I just like told her that like I just like really really love you and she like grabbed my hand and she like squeezed my hand and then I just told her like I'm really sorry like you're not gonna get a grandkid yet and then she like laughed and then was like you know maybe next month and then we both started laughing and then he kind of looked at me and I was like I just made all of that up like none of that happened of course I didn't say that to your mom (laughs) like (laughs) I was like, no, but like we did talk about you a little bit. It was actually really funny because she, I started working this internship obviously like before him and I started dating. That's such a weird dynamic. It is kind of, it's a lot less weird than it sounds. Like it sounds like it would be really weird and awkward, but I really like her. So I think like it, it's fine. Um, We get along super well. She actually told me that... (laughs) I remind her of herself when she was younger, so. That's, like, the biggest compliment from a middle-aged woman. Right? I was, like. You remind me of yourself when I was younger, or you remind me of my daughter. Yeah. So, she loves me, Um, but she, like, told, like, the rest of the group, because I guess, like, nobody, like, knew this yet, but she was, like, oh, like, Caitlin's actually dating, like, my oldest son. And everyone's like, oh, my God, like, wow. And like one woman like didn't hear her. And this woman was like, wait, what What just happened? Like, what's all this excitement? And I, I just turned to her and I was like, I'm dating her son. And this woman like looked at me like I was like a demon, like I was like a devil. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I'm after all of your sons. Like, I don't know what she thought was like going to happen. You're collecting them. Yeah, like one by one, just like knocking them off, like tallying them, like each son who like is a part of this group in some way shape or form i'm like i'm gonna come for your sons your nephew is like like no what do you no and then it's like the way that she looked at me it seemed like maybe she didn't think i had approval to be doing so so then i felt the need to like add in that like i was handpicked by her so i was like yeah actually you were like interviewed for this role yeah literally like (laughs) So I was like, yeah, actually, like, her and my mom mastermind the whole thing. Like, it, like I wasn't seeking that out. Like, I wasn't like, 
I'm gonna date her son. Though I did see pictures of him in her house and was like, mm, you know, but like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like plan it. Like she planned that. My mom and her planned that. But I want to go back to lying again. Yeah, let's go back to lying. My favorite topic. <laughs> We're so good at uh, it. <laughs> I feel like part of being charismatic is being good at lying i think it depends on what the situation is like if i'm lying for the sake of a joke i feel like i'm usually pretty good at it like i can say things with a straight face but i'm not good at lying about anything like important like if someone's gonna confront me about something i'm doing wrong like i cannot lie like i can't no i i wouldn't lie about anything like that but like when i worked at the box office at that comedy club we had a customer come up and there were they were doing a comedy magic show that night. I didn't know those existed. And this guy was like, oh, I heard there's this magician tonight. Is he good? I was thinking about getting a ticket. And I was like, oh my god, he's the best. Like, he's so good. I love this guy. I didn't even know his name when I told that. Like, I, I didn't know who he was talking about. But I'm like, I can't just say, oh yeah, he sucks, you know? So you kind of have to pull that out and be like, oh my God, get a ticket. Well, he's so good. I feel like in a situation like that, like when you're working, like if someone at my job when I'm serving is like, what's the best margarita? I always say the Cadillac because it's the most expensive. I'm trying to get my tip. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no shame in that. The New Yorker actually wrote a piece. I'm pulling a lot from the New Yorker lately because it's the only subscription I have now that we're not at DU. I can't get New York Times and Washington Post anymore. I have New York Times still, but it's because I paid for that. Like, I did pay for it, and then I got, um, I was on the student discount, though. So it was like five bucks a month. And then they started charging me like 20. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. Oh, they haven't started charging me like that. But I think if they do, I'll probably have to cut it off, too. I thought you were just pulling from the New Yorker because, like, Juju wrote for the New Yorker. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm only reading Juju's work. She's a well-rounded journalist. Yeah. <laughs> this is good research. Um, one source every episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they, they wrote a piece on Hassan Minaj's uh, Netflix special. And he's like a really political comedian. A lot of what he talks about is social justice. Like the byline for this is in his stand-up specials, the former Patriot Act host often recounts harrowing experiences he's faced as an Asian American and Muslim American. Does it matter that much of it never happened to him? This is where I feel like the ethics of lying in comedy really do come into play because once you're lying about something that I think affects the way people see the world it gets more risky you know yeah I would agree especially when it comes to something serious like that like you shouldn't claim to have gone through something awful if you haven't <laughs> yeah he says his comedy is 70% emotional truth and 30% hyperbole exaggeration and fiction which is lying and I feel like a lot of comedy is lying to a degree because so much of it is exaggeration. So much of it didn't happen. Even in like Chris D'Elia's, one of his specials, he tells a whole story. And then at the end of it, he's like, yeah, that was all fake. But it's still funny and people still enjoy it because 
I think when you go into a comedy show, you know that you're not going there for history. You're not going there for news. It is fiction to a degree. I also think that, you know, that's all comedy is. Like, even storytelling is just exaggerating a story for comedic purposes. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That being said, I feel like we do that, but we don't even, like, have to. Like, I feel like the stuff we go through, I don't even have to exaggerate it. Like, it's already funny enough. It's already bad enough. Yeah, I don't think I've exaggerated much of anything we've talked about in this. I think part of storytelling is including certain things and excluding other things just to keep it relevant, but it's not necessarily lying. But once it comes to comedy, like, a lot of it isn't true. I feel like for the sake of entertainment, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, as long as your expectations are going into it and knowing that, like, you're about to get lied to for, like, an hour. Yeah, like, one thing that Hassan Minaj talked about, it says the New York Police Department has no record of an incident like what he described. Like, people have, I guess, gone pretty deep trying to prove him right or wrong. And I think he said at some point that he lies because it's still, like, bringing awareness to what he's talking about but to some degree I think it also discounts what you're talking about if people know that that didn't happen and then it's like okay sure you're talking about it but it's also not true I also think that like if he's talking about like police there's enough real evidence that you could use and if you want to do it in like a fun lighthearted way and make it comedy you could still do that I'm sure with, like, some research without having to lie. Like you said, it discredits him and makes, like, it defeats its purpose. You're trying to bring awareness to it, but you're doing so by telling something that isn't true. That's just going to make people think that, like, whatever you're trying to bring awareness to isn't true. Yeah. And also, what's something I wanted to say when we were talking about John Mulaney earlier is that I was in, I was living in New York when everything came out about him going to rehab, having a baby, right, with Olivia Munn. The people there had such, like, a connection to John Mulaney. I think because he's so, was so ingrained in SNL, SNL is so big there, that, like, I was talking to people about what went down, and they were like, oh my god, like, I can't believe Johnny would do that. Like, baby Johnny, why would he do that? And I'm like, you guys don't know this man. (laughs) Like, you do not know who this guy even is. You've never met him. You don't know him. And I think people forget that celebrities and performers are, number one, they're performing. And number two, they're just regular people when they're not working. You know? They're regular people with a job that's just in the public eye. All those people in New York were like, leave Britney alone. But like about John Mulaney. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, literally. And I just think people forget that, like, you don't actually know these people. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they're going through. Although I was watching... I am also, like, really invested in the drama, though. I love the drama. (laughs) Oh, I love the drama. I love reading about it or watching videos and just being like, (gasps) No way. Oh, my God. I was watching... The Sack Lunch Bunch the other day, which is a special that John Mulaney did on Netflix. And his ex-wife is in it. 
because they were still married when he made it. And he talks about how he never wants to have kids and that's a choice. Like he makes a comment about how uh, he tells people he's open to having kids, but like it's just to make them shut up basically. And that's just so ironic now looking back that he has a kid just with someone else. Yeah. I just, I feel really bad for his ex-wife. Like imagine being her. Imagine how bad that would hurt. And for everybody to know about it. Yeah, like, it's so public. <laughs> For people in New and York like, City to be like, oh, my God, John. And, like, pity him. Yeah. Like, I, oh, man, I'd be so mad. I'd be like, I'm the victim here. But, no. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong about this, but didn't she, like, kind of want kids, too? And he was the one that was like, no, just to, like, go and have a kid on her. That's what I heard. I don't have, like the site the citations for that up right now but that is what i heard yeah that's what i thought hurt so much worse exactly like imagine oh 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 my god if i were her i mm, at this point though i see it as like i would a really cool kind of case study because before it all came out he had this very like nice guy persona and like this is in this is again in the new yorker But it talks about how in The Comeback Kid, which is in 2015, he said that his vibe is like, hey, you could pour soup in my lap and I'll probably apologize to you. Like, super, super nice guy persona. And then it comes out that he's a drug addict, he leaves his wife, he has a baby with another woman, and his baby Jay, which came out recently, and that was the one I saw at Red Rocks, it is like 90% about drugs, And it's just so crazy to see somebody not, like, he didn't try to go back to what he was. He just, like, embraced everything people were saying about him. Like, the merch he was selling said, I saw him right when he got out of rehab. I think that that's probably the best way to do it. Like, if you were in that position, like, trying to go back to that, like, everybody would just think that you were just an awful person and you're not credible and all this stuff, so... I think that that was actually a really good move on his part to, like, make that his new brand. But it's almost like I hate that his brand before was, like, the nice guy or whatever because, like, that's when I became a fan. And I mostly liked him because his skits that he would do on being raised Catholic. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is so relatable. But that's how you know, like, the nice guy thing is truly an act because he was, like, the epitome of what that meant just to be like a drug addict like yeah (laughs) like hardcore too and I also wanted to talk about Louis CK yes because that's another huge controversy okay this piece is actually from the New York Times I am diversifying my citations but um staying in New York (laughs) (laughs) staying in New York they put a video So he had a show called Louie. There is this like news interview in the show where he talks about masturbating and tells the reporter that he's going to masturbate to her later. So that show came out years ago. (laughs) And then the controversy comes out about him masturbating in front of women. I just think like it's not funny. It's not funny. And I feel horrible for the people that had to experience this. But at the same time, I feel like this is, like, the most embarrassing controversy you could have. 
Like, what is this? <laughs> Why did you do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like there's something really wrong with him. You know, like hearing that, like, yeah. what's wrong with you, man? You're a freak weirdo for real. Like, if you're doing that, like, and it's disappointing too. I think, like, Louis C.K. is on like a whole different level than like John Mulaney, but it's a similar thing when it comes to like the whole like people thinking that they know like these celebrities and thinking like I think especially with comedians it's really easy to view them as like friends because like they talk to you as if you're friends like I've even had and some a lot of, of their my- stories are very vulnerable and especially like even ck kind of came off as this like family guy and talked about his marriage exactly i've even had some people reach out to me about this podcast saying like oh my god i feel like i'm on a phone call with you guys that's so point to a degree but it's also understanding that like right but we better (laughs) watch out (laughs) we better not get canceled anytime soon (laughs) i mean i don't expect you to do this I don't do this. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever done anything that someone's been canceled for. So, <laughs> let me. Okay, this is in two thousand two. I think this was after like a comedy festival. CK invited these two women, this comedy duo, back to his hotel room, and they were like super excited about it because he's this huge famous comedian. They wanted to meet him, and um, the New York Times says. As soon as they sat down in his room, still wrapped in their winter jackets and hats, CK asked if he could take out his penis. Like, how is that not the most awkward sentence? They still had their jackets and hats on. And he said, can I take out my penis? I just, like, why would you think that? Like, okay, imagine you're you're Louis CK. And... <laughs> You have this racing thought where you're like, I'm gonna whip it out. And you I feel like that's that's one of those things he that you would have a to, thought about like, and be like, No, oh my god, why would I think that? Like when you're driving a car and you're like, I could just crash into a pole right now. Like I feel like those are like almost equivalent. Um and then you decide, like, no, that's not something I'm actually going to do. Or in this case, that's not something I'm going to say out loud. Like, why would he think that would be okay? I, there's there's so much wrong with this that I can't even unpack it. Um, I can't wrap my head around it. And imagine being those girls. Like, a comedy duo, imagine it being us. <laughs> the article said, too, they thought it was a joke and laughed it off. I would think it was a joke. Yeah, I and then he really too. did it, Miss Goodman said. He proceeded to take all of his clothes off and get completely naked. And I think that's what is so weird about it is that it's like, it seems like some sort of fetish thing. Because it has these to be. women are not doing anything. They're fully clothed. And he is doing this. Another comedian said that while she was appearing with CK on a television pilot in 2005, he asked if he could masturbate in front of her. She declined. That's from the Washington Post. Like, that, it's so humiliating. <laughs> At least he asked that time. Like, well, he asked the I don't, time I don't know. I, <laughs> I think that's part of what's so, <laughs> oh my God. like, cringy about it. It's like, what? Wh- where? Like, how was this okay to you, ever? Yeah, like, in what scenario? 
and like the thing you you just said about it being a fetish i feel like that it has to be that there's no other logical explanation for like why he would even like do something like this like i'm not gonna judge you for like what you're into like do i think it's weird what i do that like no like that i do think that that is kind of a strange thing but it's like if you're into that like whatever but like i feel like I don't know. Do that in your own time. Like, go ask your wife or something. Like, I don't... Like, why are you dragging other people into this and just, like, traumatizing them? Yeah, one of the victims, Miss Wallov, she said, I think the line gets crossed when you take all your clothes off and start masturbating. (laughs) I agree. I think that does... That crosses the line for sure. I feel like the line was even (laughs) crossed with him asking because the way that that would make me... Like, it's just like... If you're thinking that in your head, for all the boys out there, you're like, hmm, kind of want to do this thing. You should practice what we talked about last week with, like, the anxiety exercises. Do you remember stop? Stop, yeah. Yeah, that's stop. My, yeah, that's our advice <laughs> to Louis C.K. is stop. Stop. <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> Just stop. L- listen to our last episode and go to therapy. Please. He needs, I think he needs a little more than there. Like, there's something wrong <laughs> up there for, for him to think that's okay. Like, it's just mind boggling to me. I've been in so many positions like that. I think he should try TMS. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> I have been in so many positions like that, though, where um, some guy will say some creepy thing to me. Or, like, have you ever had a guy, like, just in public, like, at a bar or something, like, try to come up to you and hit on you? Sometimes they say the most wild things. I'm like, who's your mother? Like, I'd like to speak to her. Because I'm sure she wouldn't be okay with this right now. Those things can be so ridiculous, like what CK did, that you don't know if they're joking. And obviously those comedians thought he was joking. I would probably think he was joking. There is no way I would be sitting there thinking this is actually happening right now like it's such an uncomfortable he's gotta position. know it's shameful yeah well I, I, that's probably like, he's part gotta of it. know i don't know man he's a weirdo <laughs> like yeah i recommend you stop get help do you know who nathan fielder is no i mean you don't know i feel like i'm really bad with names though so like i might you might like start mentioning something and i'll be like oh i know that guy but have you seen the trailers for The Curse on Showtime? I don't think so. Okay. Caitlin, you're not taking this conversation anywhere. Sorry. Should I lie about it? Should I be a better comedian? <laughs> Just lie. <laughs> <laughs> Just start making stuff up. You don't even know what he's done. You're like, oh my god, I love that thing. Actually, can I can I tell like a short little story? Yeah. Okay, because it's just it's very on topic for is this. Is it true? Yes, this is true. So okay, we're talking about cringe, by the way. That's what we're gonna get into. Okay, I think that it's really (laughs) weird when people lie about knowing of people or having seen things that they haven't, because it's really obvious to like disprove. (laughs) And I remember when um I was first dating my ex boyfriend, he used to lie to me about like shows and stuff all the time, like that he had said he had seen, and I was kind of like. That was my first red flag. I was like, why would you even lie about that? Like, it's so easy to be caught in that lie. But we started watching Stranger Things together. And every time we hung out, I was like, let's watch some more Stranger Things. And he was like, no, let's do this instead. He'd always have an excuse for something else to do. And it went on like that for probably about two months. 
and then um one of his friends accidentally like blurted the fact that he had watched it with his mom and i'm thinking like okay so this whole time you're like lying to me about like having watched it and then you could have just told me you could have just been like oh i actually finished it with my mom because i also wanted to watch the show or if you didn't want to like i don't know if he didn't want to like hurt my feelings which i don't know why that would hurt someone's feelings unless if you're extremely sensitive but like he didn't maybe he didn't want to hurt my feelings right you could have like re-watched the show with me but no there were so many solutions before watching it with your mom and lying about it <laughs> right like, like <laughs> you had so many options and you still came to the worst one and I had actually like a very similar experience with my first boyfriend um because I really like big brother I don't know if you know what big brother is yeah I love big brother it's corny <laughs> but I have seen every I've seen all 25 seasons but I was trying to get him it's funny yeah I was trying to get him to watch a season and one day he was like oh he told me he couldn't because I think he didn't have like Paramount and it's only on Paramount or cable and I was like okay like no problem and then the next time he called me he was like oh yeah I started watching Big Brother and was super vague about it no he told me he finished a season okay was super vague about who was in it um there are over 40 episodes in a season so right off the bat he did not watch it. So I didn't tell him that I knew he was lying. I kept trying to ask questions to make him like dig the hole deeper, you know? And I was like, oh, what did you watch it on? And he was like, oh, I watched it on like HBO or something. And I was like, well, it's not on HBO. Why are you, why are you lying to the super fan? And I was like, it's literally only on Paramount. You'd have to watch it on Paramount. And he's like, oh, well, I got Paramount. And it's just, like, more lies to cover up the first lie. And it's a bad lie that, to begin with. <laughs> for something that doesn't matter to anybody. <laughs> right. Like, I didn't even care. <laughs> I don't I don't see the point in that. So, no, I'm not going to lie about having seen a show that I haven't seen. I just <laughs> got on a little tangent there. Okay, so I'm a big fan of Nathan Fielder. He's a really good comedian, and he does, like, very cringy uncomfortable shows like he has this persona that's extremely awkward is it like eric andre type or it's it's like similar in the sense that it's semi-scripted so he's the only one with a script and everyone else is just real people so like his first show is nathan for you and he goes to different businesses under the guise of having a show on like hgtv and he suggests business proposals to them that are horrible and then they do them but they don't know he's a comedian so it's like similar concept except he's like very weird quiet nerdy type awkward not like eric andre insane yeah so it's it's just very awkward and um the new yorker actually did a podcast episode where they talk about um the byline for this is in the age of Nathan Fielder, why are television audiences drawn to shows that seem specifically designed to make them excruciatingly uncomfortable? And I honestly, like, 
I think that's really interesting to think about because, like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if I have an answer for that. Yeah, good point. And I think it kind of started with more, like, I think The Office kind of even gets into that, like, uncomfortable, cringe weirdness. But what makes that something that people want to watch, you know? It's weird because you'd think you want to watch something that's, like, intentionally funny. But watching people be uncomfortable ends up being funnier than anything else you could write. That's true. I mean, I think it has to go hand in hand with, I mean, like, I was talking about reaction humor. Like, I like to say outlandish things to see how people react. And I think that's part of the attraction to kind of, like, cringe core. Yeah. And I also kind of have this theory that, like, I think so much is, like, over-scripted now. Even reality television is so edited that it feels scripted. That watching somebody just, like, flounder on television and actually not know what they're doing it feels good because it's like, oh, this is actually reality. Yeah, because even like, like you said, reality TV is not real. Like all of it's so fake. It's not even like entertaining in the same way that I think like it used to be. That being said, I feel like a lot of it's always been scripted, but maybe people are just more aware of that now than they used to be. Speaking of cringe... We're about to get super cringy. (laughs) We're going to do some improv. We're going to get so cringy. What's cottagecore? I only know cringecore. I honestly... I've never done improv before. Really? I had to do... Okay. When I was at Fordham for orientation, we had to, like, do improv with our bodies. Um, That sounds weird. That's not as bad as it sounds. But, like, we had to, like, move around. I don't know. It was, like, interpretive dance. Dude, I hate improv I'm- and dance. Like, as a dancer, that's always the most awkward. Th- and uh, improv teachers and dance are the weirdest people you'll ever meet. Like, have you seen, like, the wheat emoji? That is an improv teacher in yeah. dance. Like, that's, they're always, like, <laughs> okay, we're going to improv now. And then they, like, there's this one improv technique that they use in dance where, like, you have to move like, you have to isolate certain parts of your body. So, they'll, like, give you a part of your body. You have to go across the floor with movements from that body. And they'll be like, you're right, kneecap. So, then, like, everything you have to do, you have to just, like, start movement with your right kneecap and, like, fixate on that. And I've always hated improv and dance because I'm like, I feel like I just look like a freak. I feel like I just look like a weirdo. And... I'm sure, like, other people are watching and finding it artistic or, like, whatever, but, like, I've, I don't like it. (laughs) I don't, I always feel weird doing it. Yeah, I, I think that improv is always at least slightly embarrassing, and, like, I've been to one improv show at school, and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to ha-ha-hoo-hoo at them or haha hoo hoo with them. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's just like I don't know, improv is weird. So we're going to get weird. We're going to get so weird. I think maybe we'll only do like one or two just to like finish off the episode and get all get all funky. Um but I was also thinking so there's like these different games I found on this website. We can do one and then have this scenario be something that like relates to our podcast. 
So okay. the first one that they had was like a rhyming thing. But I was like, what if we're breaking up with each other? Okay, yeah, let's let's break up, baby. But we're rhyming. Maybe you're okay. breaking up with me because I rhyme so much. I'm breaking up with you because I'm a better SoundCloud rapper than you. <laughs> okay, every line must end with a rhyme. So are we going back and forth? Like you say a line, I say a line. That's the idea. This is this is kind of rapping. Yeah, we're just rapping. We're getting all like Pliny the Younger in here. <laughs> you guys are gonna see how multi-talented we are. Each line must make sense within the proposed scene, which is us breaking up. I think it's the end of our time. I don't think you should be mine. Maybe you shouldn't have said that line. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) This is hard. It is really hard. We need a breakup because you eat too many limes. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's because you... You drink so many wines. <laughs> I also don't think these rhyme. <laughs> Is, that Is that a crime? <laughs> no, but I'll be fine. Without you, I'm going to pine. As long as it's not on my dime. Oh. <laughs> Go watch my vine. <laughs> Hmm. I'm having a hard time continuing this. <laughs> continuing this rhyme. Well, maybe that's a sign. You know what? Without you, I'm a shine. <gasps> Damn! <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to not let you win right now. <laughs> you can't let me win our breakup argument. <laughs> well, that's okay. Because I got more boyfriends. Nine. You know what? I I don't think I have anything <laughs> else to say. I'm in pure shock. I can't believe you would have that many other lovers. I think I should be a freestyle rapper. I'm going to go in Wild and Out. I kind of want to do another one with the rhymes, but with a different word. We need to think of a word that, like, what's a good word? Do you want to do a different scenario, too? I feel like that was a pretty good, like, rhyme. We did I-M-E and I-N-E. Yeah. Which I guess is fine. Close enough. Still rhyming. Close enough. Let me think. Let me look up good, like, rhyme words. I don't know. Oh, it just pulled up things that rhyme with good. <laughs> we could do good. We could do... Let's, yeah, let's do good. Like, ood. Okay, but do you want to do a different, like, scene? Different yeah, situation? Yeah, maybe a different situation. What situation do we want to do? I also feel like I can only think of two words that rhyme with good. Good? I, you know, I've just been looking at my keyboard. That's that's a good idea. And see, Like, good, would, hood. Could, should, would. We could do one that's, like, flirting, like, instead of breaking up. Okay, yeah. We have to get back together. Yeah, we're getting back together. (laughs) That was a really short-lived breakup. We're really on and off again. Because you love my rhymes too much. Okay, do you want to try to start this one, since I started the last one? 
I miss you. What we had was good. I think, okay. I think the problem with should and could is that you can't really end a sentence with those. I feel like I have to talk like Yoda. Like, if it was good, then maybe stay, I would. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't know if I could bring you back to my hood. That's okay. I'll be in Hollywood. You know what? As you should. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of anything else that rhymes. Girl, girl, you're trying to feel this way. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I looked up things that rhyme with good. I'm cheating. None of them rhyme with good. Let me read this to you. What rhymes with good? Could, should, foot, shook, hook. What? Pushed. (laughs) Who wrote this? Facebook. (laughs) Childhood. Yeah, those are bad. (laughs) I've got a new scenario. Okay, new scenario. What is it? Okay. So I'll start it. How about, how about, um, it's like what we're doing right now. We're like long distance. We miss each other. Okay. 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 Baby, you know that I miss you. Yeah, I. Do you miss this goo? I just want to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> I I won't tell you to shoo. <laughs> but I cannot, baby girl, and that's the issue. I'm literally seeing Kiss Me Through the Phone by Soldier Boy. <laughs> I picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> that I was trying to keep up. I wanted to see if you would do the next line. Like when I did I it don't the know time. the lines though. I'd have to look it up. Oh, it, it's that's literally it. it it's baby. You know that I miss you. I wanna get with you tonight, but I cannot, baby girl, and that's the issue. Girl, you know I miss you. I just wanna kiss you, but I can't right now. So, baby, kiss me through the phone. <laughs> yeah, and then we would have messed it up at that point. Yeah. I'll see um, you later on. Okay, I think we should finish this episode by trying this one word at a time. This so, is actually super fun. I recently did this with John and his really? friends. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I haven't done it. So do you wanna do you wanna start then? Sure. The boy ate your mom. <laughs> <laughs> and she ate him (laughs) too (laughs) (laughs) he loves it (laughs) (laughs) i also i literally can barely see you right now (laughs) this is weird we keep i want to send you a screenshot okay I'm smiling. <laughs> yeah, it looks so horrifying. <laughs> it looks so scary. <laughs> I'm like surrounded by cords, so it's hard for me to. I'm gonna try to turn on a light. 
but oh my god there's like a sleeping baby cat next to me i have like all these obstacles do you want to start a new one one word at a time you can start thank you for listening on today's amazon amazon say amazon oh amazon (laughs) (laughs) music We just sound like a couple robots. <laughs> I'm like Beto Beto. What? I don't know. <laughs> That's just what robots like sound like to me. Beto Beto? Yeah, they're like beep bop boop. Yeah, beep bop boop. I've never heard somebody say Beto. <laughs> I don't know. This is your new hoo hoo. <laughs> I don't know. Beto Beto. I think I was getting them like mixed up with like sirens. Beedo, beedo, bop, <laughs> I've never heard somebody say it like that either. Wee woo, wee woo. Wee woo, yeah, wee woo, wee woo. Wee woo and beedo are not the same. <laughs> beedo. <laughs> beedo. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for listening to today's episode where we were super funny and we talked about funny people and we talked about weird people. And we talked about people we like, and we talked about people we don't like. That's kind of like what we do every time. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll do it again. Thanks for listening to us be the same. We're We're consistent. consistent. Shout out. Ooh, who do I shout out? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, we didn't do our Juliation. Oh, we got Shout out. Shout out Julian. And his Juliation of the day is Juliation 1223. Car versus plane. Um, I think we know which one, like, wins. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know which one's faster. Um. I feel like in this moment, he was in one of those little cars they drive around at the airport. And he was getting ready to crash into a plane. So he was tweeting car versus plane. So people could bet on who would win. He was probably in a plane looking down. He's like about to land and he's seeing cars and he's like, wow, car versus plane. Or maybe he was like about to like go somewhere and he's like, car versus plane. (laughs) I don't know which one to pick for my trip. His trip to his Brooklyn apartment, I'm sure. His Burger King apartment. Yeah. <laughs> the Burger King apartment. <laughs> oh, shame. Shame Louis C.K., I guess. Yeah, I feel like he's the worst person we talked about on today's episode. Shame and stop. Shame and stop. Think about what you're doing. <laughs> Maybe don't next time. Oh, and um, thank you to The New Yorker and to New York Times for our research on today's also, Epi. the Washington Post. And the Washington Post. Can't forget the Washington Post. Shame DU <laughs> for <laughs> cutting off my New York Times. And our um, Adobe Suites. And Zoom. And Zoom. Shame DU. Shame. shame. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to play this on DU Radio. <laughs> 